You're listening to the Resilient Owls Podcast. I'm Amanda. And I'm Jay. In this episode, we're going to recap Season 3, Episode 8, Cuts Like a Knife. So it starts off in a wedding chapel. It's like pink walls and everything, and the groom is waiting for his bride. And she's taking a long time to walk down the aisle. So I was like, what's going on? What's going on? And then all of a sudden you see the bride. She comes out, and... The groom's face is like, oh my god, and he runs to her because she has blood, like, all, like, all on her. Like, her blood is just, yeah. Yeah. At first, I, when I saw it, though, I'm like, why is she wearing a purple wedding dress? Then I'm like, oh, wait, that's her blood and the white dress. <laughs> Someone really has a heavy flow. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> why would you even go there? Because it's going to be up at her neck. Right. Okay. No, I know, but I'm just saying. You are ridiculous. So we head to Jane's place, and Mara opens the door for Jane, because Mara totally has the keys to her place, too. I mean... Here's... Okay, I have a question about this whole scene. Why is Jane getting a new bed, for one, and what's going on? I don't understand what's the whole deal with, like, the mattress and the putting the bed together... I don't get it. Why? It's not unusual to get a new bed because, you know, eventually you get new furniture and furniture wears down and that's totally possible. But it's kind of weird to see that stuff on like a TV show. I mean, it's so unusual. It's like insignificant objects. Whenever they draw attention to an insignificant object, obviously there's something going on. So maybe they're going to do it on that bed. I don't know. (laughs) Maybe the reason why... The other bed is because they broke it from all the hot sex they did. <laughs> Dang it, Mara, I'm so sorry. Because Mara's such a top. And, um... <laughs> I don't know. I still hold to my original conclusion that Mara is a pillow princess. That's just me. I think they just they just switched positions. Yeah, they're switch hitters. Switch, switch hitters. <laughs> That's what it's called, switch... Oh, my gosh. I'm learning something new today. <laughs> no. Switch hitting is a baseball reference. Oh. It's where you go from a lefty to a righty or a righty to a lefty. And she wants Mara to help her, and Mara's like, Ah, oh, you know, I'm just not why I'm wearing my brunch clothes. <laughs> yeah, and so they're looking at the directions on how to put together the bed, which I'm like, oh, they must have got it from Ikea. Yeah. Okay, so I love this part because Jane goes, slide tab A into hole B. And I shout, that's what she said because that is fucking family guy right there. <laughs> I was waiting for Mora to be like, if you say that's what she said one more time. I didn't catch it at first. It wasn't until I, I think I watched it with you and, and, that, and he was like, ha! And I was like, I don't get, I'm like, oh my God, you're You're disgusting. You're disgusting. <laughs> It's the it's like one of the my favorite Family Guy episodes because it was the, Peter kept saying that's what she said anytime Brian was like slide but hole A onto tab B and blah blah blah. <laughs> it was awesome. Come on, man! How do you not remember that? I well, I, I know I think I've watched almost every one, but I have to. They're all a blur, so it's I can watch old ones and totally forget what was it about and be like. <laughs> and start laughing again. It's one of those shows. I don't know why. And you call yourself a Family Guy fan. Anyway. <clears throat> yeah, they were trying to figure out the directions. Even Mara thought it was complicated. She couldn't figure it out. Damn Ikea. In the hallway, you hear Angela and Frankie and Frost. 
they so Mar and Jane goes in a hallway thinking that Frankie and and Frost are coming in with her mattress, but instead they're helping the new neighbor Riley, yeah, Riley with her stuff. And when I saw Riley, I was like, oh my god, that's the girl from One Tree Hill. Which, if you don't know, on One Tree Hill, she played a bisexual character. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That's gay tidbit of the day. Because, yes, exactly. I know what you did there. I see what you did there. First, it was Dana from The L Word. Now is Riley. <laughs> mm-hmm. They're just going to parade a cast of gay-friendly actors. What's next? Because Lucy their two Lawless? main characters can't be gay. Huh? Exactly. What's next? Lucy Lawless? Come on. <laughs> oh, God. If Lucy Lawless ends up being on Rizzolian Isles, the fandom will explode in more ways than one. <laughs> yeah. All, all, like, all the ovaries are just like, boom, 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 boom. <laughs> exactly. Even the ovaries of stone might crack a little bit. <laughs> Even the old ones, just like, with nothing in there. Just Mara noticed Riley and her tattoos, and I'm just sensing there was a little flirtation there. Just a tad. Am I the only one that thought that? Over the female koi fish. Yeah. <laughs> female koi. Anyway, so... <laughs> <laughs> and I sensed that Jane was a little jealous. Jane was like, yeah, Mara, nice that you know about tattoos. Like, she was just, like, not having it. Mm-mm. Like... Well, Jane hates Mara's wikipedia moments and she totally blurted one out and riley was like oh yeah that's cool man i like that you know about tattoos man yeah that's that's wicked awesome and jane just like oh yeah that's so cool mora <laughs> i don't know i just it's a little jealousy there <laughs> but angela tells jane that she's gonna let riley borrow like jane's baking wear which i was like Okay. Uh, yeah. And then Jane, being a smartass, goes, why don't you let her have the bunt cake pan, too? And <laughs> Angela goes, that's a great idea. <laughs> it's not like you're using it. <laughs> Jane, Mar, and Frost, they get a phone call because of the crime that happened earlier. Jane's like, wants well, Frankie to move the mattress. Like, okay, you can move my mattress while I go and go to work. And Frankie just has that look like, um, no. And decides to stay with uh, Riley and drink beer. Which I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind doing that either. Drinking beer, hanging out. That's always a good time. A help sibling or potential hookup? Hmm, I don't know. <laughs> Gee, I wonder. So we head to the crime scene. Jane is, starts judging people who marries in chapels. Like, how can you marry here and all this stuff? I'm like, shut up, Jane. Just shut up. No, no, no. Because... The chapel is called So In Love Wedding Chapel. It's got pink walls. I'm thinking to myself, when did Boston become Vegas? What the fuck? <laughs> That's right. We are in Boston. It's not like we're in California. Yeah, exactly. I'm like waiting for Elvis to walk up and marry them or something. But yeah, but Mara is even telling Jane like, oh, Jane, stop judging. And she's like, don't get mad because your mattress is still in the car and it's not at your house. And that's why Jane is upset, really. And she's worrying that there's going to be bed bugs on her on her bed. She's like, do you get bed bugs if it's on a car? She's like, is that a stupid question? No, don't answer that question. She's like... <laughs> Mara looks at the victim and she starts to speak Serbian. And so Jane had that look like, what are you doing? Like, And she's like, oh, you know, it's an easy language. It's no big deal. <laughs> yeah. And Jane being sarcastic is like, oh, yeah, I'm totally picking on it picking up on it right now 
And what did she say? say she says something really random, but in the middle of it, it's like Scooby Doo. What? <laughs> yeah, it's like Scooby Dooby Dooby Doo. She just tried to. She's making shit up, and then ends it with Scooby Doo. <laughs> uh, can you imagine if they like all the suspects was wearing costumes and like at the end? <laughs> yeah, because they always say if it weren't for you meddling kids and your pesky dog or something like that. <laughs> It's the meddling Rizzoli's and the pesky medical examiner. <laughs> and Joe Friday is Scooby. Yeah. Should be more like Scrappy, but nobody likes Scrappy, so. Oh. Come on, seriously. Nobody likes Scrappy-Doo. They even made a movie about it that nobody likes Scrappy-Doo. But at least he was on the show. I mean, we have yet to see Joe Friday. Like, we only saw him once. I'd rather see Joe Friday than Scrappy-Doo, just saying. Poor Joe Friday's pictures on milk cartons. Have you seen me? <laughs> and on the other side is bass have you seen me too <laughs> i just have a whole refrigerator of like constance doyle yeah i was just Hope. gonna say that constance doyle caitlin uh, <laughs> frank yeah there's so many we haven't heard from any of those characters in a while and it's just ridiculous now how can i mean come on okay so we're gonna take a huge segue here how can after that last argument, the Mora got into ho- into it with Hope. How is Mora not hung up about that? Like Mora was all like, "Oh, she's my mother, but I don't want to meet her. But I do. But I don't. But I do." And then, like all of a sudden, they get into a huge argument, and Mora's just fine with it, leaving things as it is. Fuck no, she'd be a wreck. And I'm just really frustrated at how everything is being written about that. It's like we were talking about Family Guy. Rizzoli now has the Family Guy format. Even Family Guy jokes about it. He's like, every time there's something, an episode of Family Guy, even Peter's like, it doesn't matter, because at the end of this episode, the next episode, we're not even gonna talk about it anymore. <laughs> it's true. It's so fucking true. But anyway, basically the victim's neck was slashed, which we saw that in the first scene. The groom ex-fiance gave him 14 voicemails on hating the bride. Frost calls Frankie to help, and then Jane is saying to Frost, are you trying to get Riley away from Frankie? And Frost denies it. So then we head to the dressing room, and there's a cake, the wedding cake in the middle of the room, and it's missing the top of the cake, you know, where you put the bride in a groom and all that. So Frost was like, I guess the killer took the cake. <laughs> and even Jane's like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently there's, like, blood spray everywhere, and they're trying to figure out who killed her. And they find evidence that there was a second woman in the room who was the bridesmaid. And so they're trying to figure out who it is. Yeah, because she's missing, and they're looking for the knife. So we head to the interrogation room, and the groom apparently lied because he said there was just him and his bride. And the reason why he lied is because the bridesmaid was the bride's sister, and he was afraid of them because they're immigrants. And he was afraid that if she, if he said about their situation, that they would be sent back to their Croatia, I think. Well, they're not immigrants. They're over here, and she's, I think she's over here on an expired visa is what they said. I just wanted to clarify, because there's a difference between being an immigrant and being a student with an ex- expired visa. Oh, okay. I will Wikipedia that. So, <laughs> <laughs> apparently the sisters were uh, close, and he was saying that, Croatia is a dangerous place. You know, you can tell he's not the killer. He's not the killer. So then Jane Frost and Corsac, they're trying to figure out the case. And so they find this website called Samaritan Girl. 
And that's basically this website is how the sisters came to America. So Mara walks by, and she doesn't understand why is it called Samaritan Girl. And she starts to explain the definition of what a Samaritan is. I love it. I love it. She goes, why is it called Samaritan Girl when it's the girl getting the help? (laughs) And Jane's like, should you be doing an autopsy? And she's like, I would, but, you know, the coroner's van is stuck in traffic, so I'm just, you know, bored. (laughs) Like, basically bothering you. So then Frost wonders why the sisters are running from Croatia. We go to Samaritan's Girl headquarters. And it's Corsac and Frost, and are interviewing the guy from the website. I mean, he's... And I immediately shout, That's the killer! <laughs> I look at my watch, and I'm like, Eight minutes and 28 seconds in. Way to go. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't... Seriously, and Jay can vouch for this. Because I even was like, while we were watching this, I immediately was like, Oh, he's the killer. And she didn't say anything, because she had seen it already. But I knew. It's just so obvious! Come on! I've noticed there's a pattern. It's usually the killer is is within the first or second act. Never in the middle. Always in the beginning. Like the first 15 minutes of the show. That's why I have my can you guess the killer in 10 minutes or less. Because <laughs> it's most likely one of those people are the killer. Yeah, and if you try it with any other show but Rizzoli and Isles, it doesn't always work. We've proven that. <sighs> this show, I tell you. Okay, they're interviewing the guy, the killer, and... He's basically saying he's bringing the girls to get a better life, and he never saw the girls in person, but he recognizes them from the picture, and he knows that they flew here, because even though he never saw them in person, he thinks there's some sort of exchange problem, like maybe they flew over here, but they were supposed to go to school, but end up not going, or something like that. Like, they used his website to just come to America. Yeah, because they disappeared. They never met the people they were supposed to be meeting. We head to a bakery because Corsac and Frost gets this weird phone call. There's this crazy lady at this bakery holding a knife. This couple hostage with the missing cake that was missing in the at the crime scene. Trying to get them to eat a piece. Oh, with blood all over it. Are you sure that was blood or not icing? Was blood? Why would she have pink icing on a yellow and white cake? I don't know. I thought it was icing, but maybe it was blood. It doesn't matter because red icing is disgusting. Anyway, <laughs> it's true. So she's wielding the knife, and the cops are like, put the knife down. And she goes, what are you going to do, shoot me? And I, if you've been watching the news lately, if if it wasn't the BPD, if it was the Saginaw Police Department, they would shoot her 46 times, I'm just saying. <laughs> you know? So it's a good thing it is the BPD anyway. <laughs> I know, any other city would be like, okay, you're dead. Yeah, blam, 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 blam. <laughs> dead. dead. Now put the knife down, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so she's really, basically, she's upset because her ex will marry the girl, and she's like, I was voted most likely to succeed, and my life is over, and it's just, she's crazy. Crazy. I think I put it in there, I was like, bitch be cray cray. <laughs> <laughs> she is insane. Totally insane. Fucking ridiculous. I mean, what do you do with a crazy woman like that? Lock her up and throw away the key. Yeah. Swallow that key. God. So we head to the morgue. There's three fingerprints on the knife. One from the crazy lady. One from the victim. And they said one from they don't know yet. They don't know who. Yeah, just partial. Partial. And I have to say, this is probably the best scene out of the entire episode. This scene is why we stick around for Rizzoli Niles. Because of scenes like this. Yes. 
<laughs> oh yes. Where they're imagining their fantasy wedding, not necessarily together, but if you want to stretch it, you could totally put it that way. Oh yes. <laughs> and how they get to this point? Well, yeah. Mara was saying that she found blue substance in, in the victim, and then she was like, "Oh well, that can't be it because the cake is buttercream." And so Mara's like, "I wonder what kind of cake you have." Like, <laughs> Jane. And Jane's like, what cake? What, what are you talking about? I don't have a cake. Yeah, so Mara says that they're f- what kind of cake would Jane have at her wedding? And Jane's like, I'm not getting married. And and Mara goes, well, I would have this kind of cake with this frosting and and all of this stuff. And Jane's like, who are you marrying? <laughs> She's like, you don't even have a boyfriend, Mara. I know. Mara responds that it's fun to play fantasy wedding. And then she's like, well, what kind of dress would you wear to your wedding, Jane? And Jane's like, I don't wear dresses. Which, <laughs> lying! Yeah, she's totally worn dresses. Oh, totally. Well, any... Did... Was she... Yeah, was she planning on wearing a dress to the reunion? Or did Maura make her wear that dress? No, I'm pretty sure she was planning on wearing it. Because Casey was going to be there. Right. The reunion, she wore a dress. She was wearing a dress for, for Dean's date. She wore a dress... When Mara invited her to see Garrett and all that. (laughs) Yeah, so for someone who doesn't wear dresses, she wears dresses an awful lot. Uh, Yeah, not like every single, but like, maybe like she's wore dresses maybe seven, eight times. Yeah, you, if you wear a dress once, maybe once a year or less for like special events. Like I had, I was forced to wear a dress for a wedding, but I don't like wearing dresses because I find them incredibly uncomfortable. I can say that I don't wear dresses because the last time I wore a dress was almost a year ago. Jane wore a dress like three months ago. (laughs) Come on. She should have said, I don't like wearing dresses. There you go. But yeah, so back to the fantasy wedding. Mara goes into detail, like, about her, what she wanted to do when she was a kid. She wants, like, a 20-foot long train and wants to get married in the, like, some European country. I don't know what, what, what country it was, but... Over, like, a volcano. Yeah. (laughs) And Jane's like, well, what if a volcano erupts? And Mara's response is, I check for seismic activity. (laughs) Come on. She said she wanted to marry Antonio Bellavanini or something like that. And so Jane's like, oh, my gosh, I hate him when we like the same guy. (laughs) Yeah. And Mara says that he died in 16-0-something or other. In the 16th century. Yeah, he died in the 16th century. And he pioneered, he pioneered the autopsy, which I'm like, of course, yeah. And so Mar's like, so I would be Mar Tortilla Isles Bavendi, or whatever his name is. And <laughs> Jane's like, Tortilla? Your middle name is Tortilla? She should have been like, well, it's better than Clementine. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's, it's Jane's like, wait, you tease me about Clementine, but your middle name's Dorothea? She's like, no, I did not tease you. I like it. Clementine. You're named after a famous artist. And Jane was like, oh my god, you're so weird. Mars like, come on, your turn. And <laughs> Jane's like, fine, if, if you could just do the autopsy and get this over with, fine. She basically wanted to marry, she was in love with this Boston Red Sox player. Bill Buckner. And then the ball went through his legs in the World Series, and she was like, no longer. <laughs> I fucking love how she says that. It's such a sports answer. That's so true. Like, when something happens and your team finally gets your championship and one idiot messes up on your team, you're like, that's it. You need to get fired. You're done. I hate you. <laughs> well, would you expect any less from Jane being as big of a Red Sox fan as she is? 
after the fantasy thing, because that, oh man, I just love that scene. It was so cute. She gets a text that the crazy lady, the only she will only talk to unwed women. Oh, which kind of made me laugh. Tomorrow, she's like, oh, okay. And she starts, like, <laughs> she takes off her gloves. She takes off her gloves, and, Mar- and Jane's like, where are you going? And Mara's like, uh, sh- we're, I'm unwed, I'm a woman, I'm gonna help you. <laughs> Rate the suspect. And Jane's like, since when? <laughs> yeah. So this next scene I have quite a few issues with. They're in the interrogate- interrogation room, and they're talking to the crazy wannabe bride lady. Mara is in the on the other side of the mirror in, a, in the observation room, like, talking in Jane's ear. Since when is Mara, like, a fucking psychologist? She's a medical examiner. How does that cross over into psychology? That's just ridiculous. Mara with the headset, and Jane has the earbud, and this lady is crazy. She's like, Mara's like, tell her, ask her this, ask her that, and the lady's, like, clapping and, like, saying, it's not a wedding album. Or something like that. And I'm surprised Jane didn't slap her. Because I would have slapped her. I'm like, why are you clapping in my face? What is going on? I don't know. But she's the crazy lady saying, you know, I hear voices. Jane's like, yeah, I hear voices too. And my mine is a know-it-all. Marge's get, got that look like, whatever. Crazy lady saying that the victim was a slut. And she didn't know that the victim died. But she was so happy about it. Like, she was just like, ha she's dead. Oh, this is great. And she's like, now I can marry... My ex! And I was like, yay! Yeah, no. The guy's gonna have, like, a restraining order on her. He doesn't already have one. Probably. There's a reason she's his ex. So we head to the Dirty Robber, and Jane and Mara are on a date. I'm, so- oh, I'm sorry, no, they're not. Um, <laughs> wow. Is that a Freudian slip or what? <laughs> so they have the Dirty Robber, and Jane... No, Mara's like, I'm going to force you to eat some something healthy some some healthy uh some green yeah. some green and jay's like okay i'll just add pickles to my burger <laughs> i know which that's actually a good answer i like that <laughs> add more pickles <laughs> sweet that's green there you go yeah but so they're they're talking and they happen to see frankie with the neighbor riley so they're there and if you catch what they're saying like the very first thing that you catch Frankie says sex doll. I want to know what the fuck they were talking about. What? Yes. Like the very first thing is you're, as they're kind of walking up, you can hear Frankie say sex doll in the background. Oh my God. I have to watch that again. <laughs> when he said that, I was like, what is going on? <laughs> he's probably talking about, uh, what was that sex doll's name? Oh yeah. He's probably telling you the story about that. Yeah. From that episode. I forgot. The yes. dollhouse episode. Right. I have to, oh, definitely, definitely going back to see if I can listen to that. Yeah, but they see them, and so they walk on over. Riley and Frankie are flirting, and Frankie basically saying, oh, Riley made a, a great chocolate cake. And Riley's like, oh, thanks for the pans, you know. <laughs> Just like, oh, no problem. They were talking, and, like, it, it makes it seem like it's, like, a double date thing, because you hear, like, Jane and Mara, and they have Frankie and Riley, like, kissing and all that stuff. And... It's so funny because Mara and Jane looked at each other. They like, just made this disgusting face like, oh, that's disgusting. <laughs> I don't know. Which to me, I'm like, why is it disgusting? Because it's Frankie. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. They're looking at their brother. Well, Frankie walks away 
and it's Jane and they're at the bar and Jane's like I, I really don't trust this Riley girl like I really don't tr- I think something is wrong I think she's bad news or something and Frankie's like well then don't date her <laughs> I was like huh, Frankie knows Frankie goes and leaves and so Jane and Mara they're sitting at the table and Jane is ju- judging Riley like isn't it weird that she's sitting alone in a bar and Mars like no <laughs> it's not weird so Frost comes by and he starts talking about the case and so Jane's like hey you want to sit with us she's like no I'm actually I'm looking for someone and he goes over to Riley and hugs and kiss her and Jane starts freaking out that she's playing both of them <laughs> Riley is a player well, but I like I like Maura's reaction because she goes, if she was a man, would you judge? And Jane goes, hell yes. <laughs> so we head to the cafe. Jane wants to tell Frost and Frankie about Riley. Mars like, we should stay out of it. It's not our business. Let it go. So Angela walks in and Jane starts telling Angela about the situation. And Mar says, yeah, Riley's doing the whole Darwin thing thing and then Angela and, and so Jane's like come on Mara she doesn't even know what that means and so Angela's like no I actually mean she's looking she has different mates and she's looking for a potential one or something like that and Jane looks surprised and I'm like come on Mara lives with Angela they, I bet you Mara has Wikipedia out <laughs> Mara's used that reference before Angela calls Riley a slut that must be the 50 cent word for this episode because they've dropped dropped slut a few times oh yeah in like five episodes slut slut you're a slut everyone's a slut anyway so then angela walks away and then kavanaugh comes by and he's with talking to angela and so jane's like what do you think about kavanaugh and and angela what do you think is going on between them two and so mars like i saw them having sex in the lobby (laughs) and jane's like what she's like i'm just joking I was like, Mara had a joke. <laughs> good one. That was that was good. I have to say, the more I see Angela and Kavanaugh together, the less I am opposed to it. So Kavanaugh gets all cute and smiley whenever he's around Angela, which I'm like, okay, that's kind of adorable. I can't resist that. And I don't think there even there's has been no indication of Corsac and Angela. Maybe, maybe they did go on a date or something last season. We're supposed to conveniently forget the setup with Corsac and Angela last season. So Angela gives Kavanaugh breakfast, basically because Frankie walks by and embarrasses Frankie. Like, you see, look at him in his tie. He's gonna be a really good detective. And I'm like, oh, poor thing. (laughs) And Frost goes, well, as long as your mom keeps giving Kavanaugh food. (laughs) (laughs) Right. You know, teasing Frankie and about his clothing and everything. And then they start teasing each other about Riley. And then Jane's like, that's it. I got to tell you guys, Riley's basically playing both of you. And they're both like, yeah, we already know. They're like, you're okay with this? And so they they basically explain the whole man code where you can date the same girl, but unless one sleeps with her, then the other one can't date that girl, which is kind of disgusting. And you can't share an umbrella. If you're with a friend and you know them more than 24 hours and they have a sister, you can't date the sister. So Mara was like, so that means Frost and Jane can't hook up. Yeah, I love their reaction. They're just like, oh, come on. <laughs> There's been so many references of, like, Frost and Jane hooking up as a joke. Like, oh, biracial babies are so cute. Like, <laughs> Oh, yeah. 
And, like, Frost and Jane have that same look like, no, it's never going to happen. Well, Frost and Jane are just like brother and sister. It's just, <laughs> there's no way. No. Ever. And so they start to explain what a grenade is, which means that there's two friends. One friend is hot. The other one, not hot. The best friend will help the other friend by sleeping with the ugly one. So the other, so that friend can't sleep with the hot girl or something like that. So that's a new, that's a new reference. I've never heard that one. I've heard of a coyote before, where you rather than gnaw your arm off than wake her up. I've never heard of a grenade. So that's new. We've reached a, a new low in our society. I have to say. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> I never even heard of a coyote. Wow. Yeah, you never heard of coyote. Well, that's what that whole movie Coyote Ugly is about. That's why. It's- called coyote ugly really yeah i mean it's like they're tending bar but that's the reference coyote ugly oh god (laughs) i'll wikipedia that too well you just you've got your wikipedia moment of the day that's what it means there we go but they weren't ugly they weren't ugly no that's the reference that's why the bar was named coyote ugly get it because of the reference you sleep with the coyote, you'd rather gnaw your arm off, you don't get it. I got it, but I just... Okay. Anyway. <laughs> we head to the brick. They found that the fingerprint, the third fingerprint on the knife belongs to this delivery guy, and he's on parole. And then I remember going back into the morgue scene. They were looking at the victim and how her neck was slashed, and they were saying it was a very clean cut. And Mara said, well the knife used to for the cake it's serrated the knife it's not the it's not the weapon because the the cut was too clean so i remembered that and so i was watching this and i was like did mara just say that that's not the murder weapon why are they interviewing someone with the fingerprint of the knife that's not the murder weapon that's a good question good catch i didn't catch that but i'm assuming that he's a suspect anyway because of i mean he was there He's the third person in the room that they couldn't figure out who who it was, well, that they know of, so. I don't know. I thought that was a waste of time. But anyway. It was a waste of time, but it was a really humorous waste of time, because that guy had me cracking up. Because we had the interrogation room, yeah. and he's hitting on Jane. He's hitting on Jane. He's talking about he smoked blood, and he was wasted. And they're asking him what, what the other guy looked like. Um, that he saw with the bride and the bridesmaid who was dragging the bridesmaid out and he was like I don't know like a dude and I, I like busted out laughing because that is the most brilliant answer ever it's fucking hilarious his timing was perfect on that I mean it's like they were interviewing Miss Swan like what did the guy look like uh, like, like like a man he looked like a man <laughs> was he tall short yes yes <laughs> <laughs> he's like he he looking like a man he looking like a man <laughs> oh god so fucking true uh that's a mad tv version like mad tv you have to just search if you don't know what i'm talking about just go on Matt go to youtube search miss swan mad tv there you go and have fun be prepared hilarious. to laugh your ass off exactly yeah so you can't identify anything or the vehicles because he was so high basically yeah, first he says it's a sedan, then he's like, no, it's an SUV. Then he was like, no, it's this. <laughs> he's like, I don't know, man. He's like, I was wasted. So we head back to Jane's place. Jamar are trying to move the mattress, which I'm like, just, it's not that difficult. Just slide it down the hall. 
and then just plop it on the bed. <laughs> you don't have to pick it up. You could just slide it. Jeez. And it wasn't even a pillow top, so it's not like it was that heavy. It was just like a regular spring mattress. Right. Which, which those are really uncomfortable. Come on, Jane. I would expect you to be have a nicer bed than that. I, I don't know. But at a little second, I was, I was this close. I'm like, if I could just go through the screen, I would move the fucking mattress for you. So you guys could shut up <laughs> the fucking mattress. Okay. Well, don't you think Mara would demand to have a nice bed if she's going to be sleeping over with Jane? I mean, come on. They're going to break that bed again. Watch. Watch. <laughs> well, it's obviously a very cheap mattress, so it's going to break pretty quickly anyway. And she doesn't even have a box spring. Why did she have a box spring? <laughs> it's probably on the bed, which I don't understand. So they might have moved the box. I don't get it. Unless that's the old mattress and they're moving it out. No, that was a no. That was a new one. That was a new one. She has, she's getting a new frame. If you're getting a new frame, you're probably getting a new set, period. Where is her box spring? <laughs> she has, she's got half of a bed going on there. Unless she has the Ikea, you don't need a, if you want to have a box spring, but not really, don't need one. Like, I don't have one, because the way my bed is, I don't need one, because it's Ikea bed, but that's beside the point. But I don't know. Ikea bed. <laughs> my bad. Anyway, they can't, they're having a hard time moving the mattress, which I find hard to believe. But they flip it over, they flip it, like, they just put it on the ground, on the, <laughs> in the, um, living room floor. Yeah, Jane's worried about bed bugs, and I'm like, what about the dust bunnies? You just threw your mattress on the floor. It's <laughs> <laughs> so, Mars like, well, good news, there's no bed bugs, but there's dust everywhere. <laughs> and Tommy's fingerprints. Anyway, <laughs> so Jane hears Riley in the hallway, and she's like, that's it, I'm going to ask her for help, because it's her fault that we are trying to move this mattress, and it's not on my bed. I'm like, no, it's not her fault, it's just that you're weaklings, and you can't just slide the damn thing? I don't get it. So she overhears Riley making drug deals, and she comes back, she's like, I just heard Riley talk about, I don't know, how many kilos of... Like five keys of something. Liquid, liquid something or other. And Mara's like, wow, that's a lot of tattooing. He's just like, it's not tattooing, Mara, it's drugs. <laughs> Mara's like, oh, well go arrest her. I can't arrest her for making a phone call. She's like, my brother and my partner are falling in love with the drug dealer. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I wonder if she's a drug dealer with a heart of gold. We head to Jane's desk, and Jane is researching Riley. Corsac walks up behind her, and he's like, what are you doing? Is this for the case? And she's like, no, um, it's just for something else. And then she asks Corsac, she's like, do you think she's cute? And I was just like, why is that even relevant? But okay. <laughs> because Jane's looking at her going, yeah, I would do her. Yeah, I would do her. But Mora would kill me. Exactly. And Corsac's like, Wow, well, if you like that sort of thing. <laughs> Corsac's like, why are you asking me if she's cute, Jane? Are you already with Mar? Like, what's going on? <laughs> Frankie comes comes by, and Jane's trying to talk to Frankie. But then he she realizes that Frankie's preparing himself for the interview. So she's like, oh, wait, you know, because I want him to do a good job and become a detective. So she gives him, you know, some good pep talk and you'll be, you'll be fine everything's gonna be great so Kavanaugh comes over and calls calls says need to speak to Rizzoli and Frankie starts walking he's like no 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 the original Rizzoli yeah which is awesome Shane walks in the office and basically he's telling her like it seems like you're researching Riley and you need to stop because the drug unit saw you doing that and you can't do that anymore He she's basically important to the case and by 
doing this research and all that, you're harming them in order to find her or something like that. Yeah, yeah she's endangering the case. Because Riley's a big target. And he's like, why are, you, why are you even researching her in the first place? She said, because she's my neighbor. And uh, she basically talked to other two cops or something. She's, like, trying to stall away from, like, not telling him. But he figures it out. He's like, let me guess, she, you know, she's dating Frankie and Frost. And she's like, yes. And so he's like, well, you can't tell them. But she's like, I have to. That's my brother. That's my partner. They have to know. He's like, you, you can't tell them. You can't tell them. And if you tell them, you're going to be in trouble. Whatever. <laughs> Which I want to go back to that original Rizzoli comment for one second here. Okay. Because I think it'll be really awesome that after Frankie makes detective, because we all know he's going to make detective, to have like a a scene where everybody's like, hey, Rizzoli, and they bo- and Frankie turns around and he's like, no, not you, the other Rizzoli. They're, you know? So like throughout the whole episode, they're like, hey, Rizzoli, or Rizzoli. They're not talking to Frankie. They're all talking to Jane. And J- Frankie gets frustrated. That'd be funny. Because, yeah, Frankie would totally be detective eventually. We head to the lab. So Jane is talking to Mara about the situation. She's, like, talking to talking to Mara, but she's like, what do, I need to tell him, and but don't tell him. And she just, like, doesn't know what to do. And Mara's like, okay, you need to stop talking about it. <laughs> don't tell him anything, because if you do, you're going to end up in trouble, and then Frost is going to be in trouble, and Frankie would never be detective. And Jane's like, is there anything other that I can tell him without getting him in trouble? Like, she, she really <laughs> wants to tell him. But Mara's like, just stop. So... She's looking at the copper that was found on the victim, and basically it was from a farmer's tool. And so Mars like, do you read the agriculture magazine or something like that? And Jane's like, yep, all the time. She's like, oh my god, the caption contest? I'm totally going to do. <laughs> and Mars like, there's a caption contest? <laughs> and she looks up on, on the site, and she's like, and then she sees there isn't none, and she's like, haha, very funny. But she, she should have known, though, when Jane said, oh, yeah, I read it all the time. Come on. I know. It's hilarious. So Mara starts talking about the farmer's tool and when it was used in Croatia. And then it was, like, from the Croatian Nazis, and they would slit throats. And then they said it's called cutthroat. And so Mara just had that eureka moment. And she walks over to the morgue, and she looks up at the victim's, like, back of her neck, and she sees there was branded a letter K. I find it incredibly hard to believe that if Mora has already completed the autopsy on this body, that she did not notice a branded letter K on the neck before. I thought the exact same thing. If Mora's is great and wonderful, fantastic medical examiner, she would not have missed that. She wouldn't and have. Because it, it was so close to the cut anyway. She would have been examining the cut and been like, oh, hey, what's this right here? It looks like a K. That's what I thought when I when I was looking at the scene and taking notes and I saw the cut on like on the person's there was like a cut on her face or like close to her face and neck I don't know how to describe it but you could see the end of the K how could she not see that I think she would have seen it I totally saw that too I was like wouldn't she notice that it's not like it was really small or something or like she had to shave the head which that would have been interesting now that I'd be like oh okay you can't see it because it's in her hair mm mm-hmm. mhm but no, it was like the biggest K you could possibly. <laughs> like if that girl wore a ponytail, you'd be like, why she has a K? <laughs> yeah, she'd have to wear her, her hair down all the time. And never get a haircut. She sees the neck and she's basically saying that it's fairly new. So she got branded in the O.U.S. of A. It like on the bottom of the K it was like made in USA. 
<laughs> oh, that's so wrong. And then I scratch out you to say, and I said, I'm sorry, China. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we can't get our own Olympic uniforms made in the U.S. We might as well start making something else. Oh, there we go. It's Jane's desk, and it's Mara and Jane and this other guy. I don't know his name, but he's working on the case. And they find out that the victim was raped, and it's basically human trafficking. And that cutthroat, the first, well, not the first, but the other cutthroat was killed two years ago. And he would slit the throats as a warning to anyone who tried to escape. This is a new cutthroat. Jane Frost and Corsac are trying to find where Cutthroat is because they're saying, the guy was saying, like, there's auctions, and so they're going to have to have some sort of form of advertisement to for the potential buyers, for these women who are virgins. So they're trying to find the advertisement. Frost was looking for it online. He was running all kinds of, like, search engine bots, whatever the fuck he called it, to find out if there was anything posted online. And... Jane happens to be leafing through the photo album that the crazy lady put together, and that's when she comes across this Yugo Body Shop advertisement on the back of the uh, the wedding announcement. So Corsac makes the observation about, hey, you don't see too many Yugos around, and Frost cracks the joke about, you know what they call a U- uh, Yugo with a thousand miles, an overachiever. <laughs> Jane, you know, starts reading the advertisement and is like, oh, look, it's a K. Kind of like the one on the back of that girl's neck. Gee, I wonder what's going to go there. So they figure that's where they're trafficking the girls through that body shop. Right, so we head to the body shop. Just Jane, Corsac, and Frost so far that we see. So at first I was like, where's backup? But we get that later. So they're going through the gate. Of course, it's like, all right, Frost, you go first. And Frost is like, no, you go first. And of course, it's like, well, you have the stun gun. And so Frost gives, she, he hands it to, of course, I was like, now you have to stun gun. <laughs> and James just takes it. She's like, oh my God, would you guys just shut up and just do this already? I'm like, thank you. So they walk to the body shop and they, there's these like curtains of like mini little rooms where these girls are being held and they're walking and there's this guy watching a soccer game. They, you know, put the gun on him. It's like freeze and all this stuff. And, Where's Cutthroat and all this? And he's like, I'm not saying anything. Jane's like, all right, Frost, you know what to do. And Frost, like, stun, has the stun gun and electrocutes him. And he's like, ah! And so they arrest a the guy. And so they called backup and the backup arrest the other guys. Which, at, at first, when they were looking through the gate, I was like, how can the other guys not see Jane, Corsac, and Frost? They're on the other side of the gate. And this guy is being, like, zapped. Yeah, how did they not look over when the guy yelled? But anyway, they get arrested. And so... Jane goes to one of the girls and was like, it's, you're safe now, you're safe. We head to the other room next to the interrogation room. And so Mara starts speaking Serbian to one of the girls. And I was just like, ah! I fangirled. I fangirled. I was like, oh my God, Sasha's speaking our language. Like, I just... So basically the victim recognized the murder weapon. And she's saying that the sisters escaped. They show her a group of guys, but none of them she recognized. Yeah, as cutthroat. So we head to the cafe. And Frankie is sitting there, and Angela gives him, like, this sandwich with, like, this smiley face thing in French fries. <laughs> yeah, with French fries. And she's like, would you like chocolate milk? <laughs> Jane comes in and makes a comment. She's concerned about Frankie getting fat. <laughs> but she, but so, but yeah, and then Frost and comes too, and they start eating their, their fries. And they're like, what? We don't want you to get fat. Because <laughs> Frankie's all upset because she thinks he bombed the interview. Yeah, with Kavanaugh. And he's saying there's another candidate. 
And so Jane's like, but that doesn't mean you didn't get it. I mean, it doesn't mean anything. While this is going on, you see a group of guys and Riley getting handcuffed at the lobby. No, they walk in in handcuffs. They weren't being handcuffed. Right, they're walking in handcuffs. And so Frost and Frankie's like, what the hell is going on? But Kavanaugh explains what's going on and tells them about the drug bust. Frankie's upset at Jane, like, you knew that you didn't tell me. And before Jane's like, I, I can't. And I try to explain, Frankie's like, oh, that's just so low. And then walks away. I was like, oh, my gosh. And then... And we get a mini replay of Mara and Jane. What, you didn't tell me about Tommy? I couldn't. I would have been thrown in jail. Yeah, see, we've seen that before. Yeah, and even Kavanaugh's ups- upset. It's like, I expect more from you. This whole Kavanaugh reaming out Frankie and Frost. One, they went on one date with the chick. They had known her a whole, what, 24, 48 hours, maybe? So they're automatically supposed to know, oh, she's a drug dealer. Jesus <laughs> Christ, come on, you got to be shitting me. Cops have six cents, you know. They can smell a drug dealer a mile away. <laughs> Technically, that would be the extension of a fifth sense, but I'm just saying. Well, the only way that Jane found out that, that Riley was a drug dealer, because Riley was dumb enough to answer a call right across the doorway from her neighbor that she knows is a fucking cop. <laughs> she deserves to be arrested. I mean, seriously. True, exactly. That's the, I mean, because other than that, Jane didn't even know. Anyway, they, Frost wasn't mad at Jane. Frankie is mad at Jane. So we head to Mara's office. Jane is pacing. She's worrying about Frankie being mad at her and Mars. And Mara's, like, talking about the blue substance she found. And Jane's like, uh, this is serious. Like, I'm trying to talk about my brother. And Mara's like, it's, it's going to be fine. Don't worry. He'll get over it. But she's like, do you want to know what the blue stuff is? And Jane is like, what's the blue stuff? And basically, it's... It's the vapors from a blue marker, like dry erase marker. That's when I was like, oh, okay, it's the Samaritan girl. Because I remember on the website, it's like him yeah. in front of a dry erase board with blue. It seriously took you that long? Are you kidding me? Dude. It's like the end of the episode. I know. Wow, I'm so disappointed. But I was so, like, I couldn't get over the fantasy wedding thing that I just couldn't. And then Sasha speaking Serbian that I just kind of forgot about the whole murder thing. <laughs> you forgot there was a murder at all. Exactly. I was like, oh my god, she's speaking Syrian. That's so cool. I've always wanted to hear her speak it. And then the whole fantasy thing, and then I just couldn't. And I was like, oh, look, the chick from Wondery Hill. I just couldn't. I couldn't. I forgot about the whole thing. I guess I can make an exception this time. We had to cafe, and Jane shows a picture to the, the victim, and she acts, you know, tells Mara to say in Serbian, ask her if she recognized him, and she's like, yeah. And so that's cutthroat. And so we head to the break. The crew is there, and they're like, okay, well, the killer is the Samaritan guy, and basically he selects girls and sells them. On the website, there was an auction event, black tie attire type of thing, and on the bottom was the symbol for cutthroat. We see a car, a black car, and Corsac is driving the car, to the auction. Which is a Mercedes, by the way. I want to know whose Mercedes that was. I don't know. Maybe it's Mora's other car when she's not driving her Toyota. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Toyota Prius. He's driving in there, and he, he said, what's the password? And the password is Cutford, I think. Back seat, under, like, this large, like, black blanket, Jane and Frost is hiding. <laughs> Jane's like, I'm driving after this. And Frost has this look of disgust, like, ugh. <laughs> like like Corsa, like he wanted to get some ice cream and of course like no ice cream today. Ah. 
I want ice cream. He kicked his puppy. I know. <laughs> well, and then Corset goes, it pays to be a middle-aged white guy sometimes. <laughs> so they walk in and, you know, Frost punches the guy and they walk into the auction. And so, like, freeze, you know. And, and so all the buyers are freaking out. They're trying to run away. And the other cops are there trying to arrest them. And so the killer has the knife on the sister's neck. And... Jay's like, I'm not having this shit, and just kills a dude. Shoots another bad guy. <laughs> we need to start keeping a running tally. I don't even know how many that is now. She killed more people than the state of Texas in a death penalty. <laughs> Jane saves the day and hugs the victim, and the guy's like, you saved her life, and there are still other people out there, and but you saved them, or something he said, and Jane's like, okay, whatever. So, <laughs> I don't know. I wasn't paying attention. I was more distracted by his ears. Yeah, his ears stick out really far. <laughs> Maybe they're more noticeable because he's bald. I remember he was bald. I know, I was thinking that too. I was like, actually, I, I was wondering, I was like, maybe if he had some hair, it might kind of help with that, but his ears really stick out. <laughs> <laughs> um, I liked the the guy that they were working with on the sex trafficking and stuff like that. I, I don't know if it's like a division in the police department, but I would not mind if we had a storyline where they worked together again. He was a good actor, and I liked how compassionate his character was for the victims. Yeah, I think it would be kind of cool if they do work every once in a while, like work with another division. Yeah, I mean, it would be interesting. It would change things up a little bit, get them out of that regular format that they seem to have be stuck in. Yeah, like work with robbery or something. Yeah, like they could do something with Vice. Like, if, yeah, if, like, you know, John starts showing up dead and they were like, oh, it's a hooker on the loose. <laughs> or like work with the FBI, but not with Dean FBI, but like well, Agent Cutie. <laughs> we're not going to be working with FBI Cutie because, I mean, Frost is dating other women. I'm guessing that whole storyline is done. Or the CIA. Ooh. Eh, ah. I find it kind of hard to believe that the CIA would work with Boston Police Department. <laughs> True. <laughs> True. Like, maybe... Okay, I could see, like, if CIA, if, like, maybe an agent came came up dead, like, he was in deep cover, and, like, they they find out he's a CIA agent or something like that. That's the only thing that I can I, think of. It's the only thing I know. It would be a stretch either way. So then we head to Jane's place, which was, okay, this scene, huh? Best scene, best scene for this episode, best scene. Okay. Okay, it was pretty good. And it was pretty gay. Wicker. They had a fantasy wedding scene. Come on. <laughs> Twice, come on. They still haven't moved the mattress. And more drinking red wine, which not only, okay, if Jane is worried about bed, bed books, she's definitely not worried about dust mites, and she's definitely not worried about stains. Yeah, because they're drinking red wine over her bed. A white mattress. Jane is lying on the mattress, the mattress on the floor. And so Mara is, like, on the on the side of her, you know, telling her, you know, good job to, to Jane, like, good job for finding the victims. And Jane was saying, yeah, now they can go to college. Starts talking about, Mara starts talking about, I can't believe they had to wear those dresses. And Jane's like, really? That's That's all you care about is the fashion? She's like, of course not. No. So then she puts down her wine next to the white mattress. Well, I was waiting for her to put it on the mattress because I thought maybe they're going to test it out, like one of those Tempur-Pedic mattresses. If they have, you know, <gasps> crazy sex, will the wine glass tip over? <laughs> oh. Let's find out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
That would be totally awesome. I would have been laughing my ass off. Just I mean, seeing like them jumping on the bed. Yeah, instead of dropping a bowling ball or jumping on the bed, they're like, let's have some crazy sex on the bed and see if this wine glass tips over. Okay, I'm game. <laughs> Where's handcuffs? <laughs> so Mara like lays next to Jane, which I've noticed like every time they're in bed together, they have the exact same side of the bed. Like Mara's always on Jane's right. I don't know why I noticed that. But it's true. That means they're totally married. Samara so looks over to Jane. She's like, well, come on. You you had to have a, a fantasy wedding. Come on, you have to have one. So Jane finally gives in. And she says, her. she said it was not, it's not a fantasy wedding. It's just a crazy idea she had as a kid. But basically, she's saying she would have her wedding at Fenway Park. And she's like, her vows would be over the home plate. I wish you would wear as a Red Sox jersey. <laughs> what, what I love about it is that she, she never uses... The pronoun he. Oh, I know. I thought so too. I was like, she never mentions like a groom ever. Well, no. She, she what she does is she says, we will have a reception over the pitcher's mound. We will serve hot dogs and frozen lemonade, and they so, would throw peanuts instead of rice. So basically, she's imagining Mora standing up there with her. <laughs> yeah, because she's like we now. When you watch the show, you can see it either way, because you can see it like we as groom and her, but you can also see it because she's in bed with Mara. She's like, we would do this. Like, it would have been different if she would have said, you know, groom or he or he will have this and he will wear that, but she doesn't. So it's all for interpretation. I see what you did there. I totally see that. <laughs> so Mara asks, can I come? And then Jane... She just, like, turns over to Mara. She's like, maybe. I, I was dead. I was done. I was like... <laughs> then Mara's like, okay. <laughs> she pauses and she's like, a Red Sox jersey? Like, really? <laughs> and then Jay's like, you are in my fantasy. You cannot tell me what to wear. She's basically saying, yeah, you're, I'm wearing the Red Sox jersey. You can wear your 20 train and we're going to do this together. Yeah, somebody needs to, like... Photoshop that shit. <laughs> like, Mara in her silk dress with the with the the huge train and Jane standing up there in her jersey on the picture's mound. <laughs> that would be one crazy wedding. That would be awesome. But it would be so them. Oh man, it'd be fantastic. Be and so they would have to compromise because okay, they would get married in the Red Sox stadium, but the honeymoon would be in like Italy or wherever she wants to go. For the volcano, exactly. I don't see like maybe Jane will wear like a Red Sox shirt underneath whatever she wears, because I don't think Marvel like yeah I'm totally gonna let you wear a Red Sox jersey for our wedding. That's probably not gonna. Happen. So Amanda, oh. what was your Gator pain rating? My Gator, I would probably give it Isex Overload. Dude, that's the same one I have. So we've had the same one before. I know, but that's so crazy. Oh, yeah. it's been a, it's been a while since we've agreed on the same. Has it? Okay. This season so far. But yes, yeah, I agree. I would give it an ISEX overload because they, I mean, they have a fantasy fucking wedding scene. You can't get any gayer than that unless they're taking each other's clothes off. And I just, and that whole scene, it was like the music in the background was so like lovey dovey, and then like. Jane, like, Mara's looking at Jane all like, oh, I'm totally wanna, <laughs> like, I don't know, she just had those, like, those eyes of, like, oh, I'm in love type of thing. And Jane, like, 
she was they were close but then she moved over a little bit closer and i and i totally thought i was like oh my god is she gonna reach her reach her hand and like cuddle are they gonna cuddle i thought that was gonna happen but it oh yeah i was waiting for them too because <laughs> i mean jane rolled towards mora i mean really and it would have been perfect if mora like rolled toward jane yes and they were face to face <laughs> so okay so let's do a recap here this is episode eight Mm-hmm. We've had no mention of Patty Doyle since episode, was it two or three? Uh, I think five. Five? Did they mention him in five? Because remember they were walking and uh, Jane realized that Mark Oh yeah, the quick one-liner about he's sitting in jail. Right. Or yes. on trial or something like that. Yeah. Okay. So nothing about Constance. We don't know. Is she still in the hospital? Who the fuck knows? Um, <laughs> and Constance. then <laughs> She's at the gift shop at the hospital just waiting. She's still waiting for Mora to pick her up. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, no mention of Hope or Kaylin, as we said before. And no mention of Casey or Dean. Nothing. Which is fine. I can totally use up for that. And we haven't seen Frank in a while. We don't even know who the baby daddy is. So, yeah, oh, yeah, a lot of things that we don't know about. And we don't even, I mean, what happened to FBI Cutie? I'm guessing nothing went well with that. We haven't seen the nun, which is good. Who else? Is Corsac with his ex-wife, you know, with Josh and all that? or? I doubt it. Corsac didn't like his ex-wife much, so I doubt they're together. I guess the yoga thing didn't work out. <laughs> and we have yet to see any of the pets, so that's a lot of, that's a lot of people. I don't know. Maybe the next five. That's all for this episode. You can subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at The Randy Podcast. Also, visit our blog at TheRizzoliNilesPodcast.blogspot.com where you can comment and email. Thank you for listening. And this case is closed. <laughs>